Well, you know what? Uh, I got to tell you, Rick, you, congratulations, first of all, man. You smoked it on our, our pay-per-view show, man. You were Thank the only you. guy to get pos- to get positive points. Everyone else was negative. So uh, once again, you've shown your enthusiasm and knowledge really carried you through there. So, you know, I'm proud to say that. Um, I'm glad. Thank you for having me on the show this week. I'm pretty sure if Tony or Mimi asked me, I would have said no. But exactly. How could I? how could I not go with, in my book, the first wheel himself? Thank you. Thank you. See, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm sure getting away from Elio is nice every now and then. Hey, I got a restraining order that keeps him away from me six days of the week. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a jam-packed show. We have NXT TakeOver. We have Raw Notes. We have SmackDown Breakdown. We have NXT POV. We have Super Showdown. We got the polls. We got Hot Tag News. We got it all, ladies and gentlemen. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the voice of Rick the III and TJ Logan as we get started with the polls of the week and the hater comment of the week. Are you ready, TJ? I am so ready, it's not even funny. All right, well, we went up on our Facebook poll. We asked, how much have you enjoyed Cesaro vs. Ricochet these past three weeks? Was it yowie wowie or was it eh? So, CJ, I'm going to kick it off to you first. What was your thoughts before we get into the comments? Well, you know, fi- sometimes Raw can be accused of not having super great wrestling itself. Yeah. Yep. 
And let's face it, man, when you got these two guys who are incredibly diverse wrestlers with totally different approaches to what they do, it was meshing incredibly. I mean, uh, you've got the technical strength, pure power of Cesaro. And then you got Ricochet, who, man, there is a guy who cannot stand still, who who's in the air, who does things that it get, I get tired watching him. Exactly. And I mean tired in a good way. Oh, yeah. I thought, honestly, in my opinion, it was yowie wowie. It was so good. I was so impressed by what I saw from Cesaro. He is a freak of nature. He deserves to be at the top of the title picture. I don't know why they haven't done it, but I'm glad right now he has something going on with Ricochet. Um, three weeks in a row now, we've seen this matchup. Do you think that it's going to grow stale? Um, It has. Yeah, anything can grow stale if it's too much of something. So they either have to up the ante or throw some twist in it now before it does go stale. Because three weeks in a row, that was great. By fourth week, you know, you can only eat so much steak before you're like, eh. Yeah, you're right. You see, this is what this is what I'm talking about with TJ Logan, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, Sean May says, I have to watch them, but I'm sure they were amazing. Come on, Sean. Why are you answering the question? Uh, Steel Ace, they were awesome. Steve Smith says, awesome. Anthony Ayala, it's good. But they're going to kill it with repeating it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Oh, and one more. And over. Ooh. So, um, yeah, Anthony, well, we I guess we agree with you because you can't do the same thing over and over again. It's, it's going to get old. All right. Well, that's all we got. So, the poll was 68% in favor of Yowie Wowie. They're very impressed. And 32% went with eh. Wow. Yeah. So what, was the, what does those 32% want? <laughs> Chainsaw I mean, thrown in there? I mean, come on. I mean, it's the best part of Raw the last three weeks in a row, honestly. Yeah. So, all right. The next uh, poll we have is name this stable. Roman Reigns and the Usos, the bloodline. So, what would you name them, TJ? Well, you know what? I got this kind of bad sense of humor. So, I would have called them uh, undocumented or... Um, wow. <laughs> uh, no, no green card. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll go. With, I'll go with under undocumented. I would go with uh, the greasy Samoans. <laughs> I mean, they, the greasers. Yeah, the greasers. Yeah, see, they can dress in fifties jackets. Like. Holy smokes! Exactly. No deuce and domino. Better than that. <laughs> All right. So Kim Silcock says the midnight Samoans. Chris Lynn says Samoan mafia. All right, that's not bad. Uh, Josh Ziegler says, Team Vince McMahon must get over. <laughs> oh, man. Trinity Morris says, The Samoan Dynasty. Zargum Shah says, The Samoan Reign. Okay. Uh, George Cisneros says, The Samoan Experience. Uh, Jesse Pennington says, The Samoan Empire. That's not bad. A lot of Samoans in the name. Like, do we have to call mm -hmm. them Samoan? Like, we don't no. say the Caucasian experience for white tag teams, right? You know how much trouble we'd get in if we had a team called that? <laughs> uh, Graham Co Paul Pearson says the Big Justice Dogs. All right, that's something different. Uh, Robert yeah. McIntosh says the Empire. <laughs> uh, Daniel Francesconi says Samoa. Okay, that's it. Interesting. Uh, Mike Wagner says Samoan Death Squad. Uh, Michael John Thompson says... Related to The Rock is some way we win everything bunch. That could be a winner. That could that be. That is pretty good. Antonio Sanchez says Vince's boys. Sean McMurray says Samoan SWAT team. We got oh, Adam <laughs> Adam Brutton says the head shrinking Samoans. <laughs> Kenny Casanova, a good friend of the show, says the Samoan fart knockers. That's cool. <laughs> 
Trev J. Stevens says the family. All right, we get a lot of repetitions. Uh, Gary Sack says simple, one word, crap. Come on, <laughs> Gary. Crap. They're bad, but not that bad. Uh, Michael Otano says push and pulled. That's funny. <laughs> That's actually a good one. John Stevenson, and I think John Stevenson has my favorite one. He says, I did it for The Rock. That's a gold. <laughs> <laughs> a little Rikishi, Rikishi's voice. There. <laughs> yes, I did it for The Rock. Um, I'm going to have to go with Gary Sack as the hater comment of the week with the simple word of crap. Um, mm. If Miguel Cole was here, he would say, hater alert, Gary Sack. But he's not here. So, with that being said, you know what? Let's get started with the wrestling news around the world. But before we get into that, let's get into some birthdays. Yahoo! No sound effects because we don't have Miguel. <laughs> All right. All right, TJ. So, this is where we go over the birthdays of the week. And we just wish okay. this guy's happy birthday. Uh, AJ Styles turns 42 years old. Awesome. Great wrestler. Uh, Drew McIntyre turns 34 years old. Happy birthday, wow. Drew. Happy birthday, Drew. James Storm, the cowboy, turns 42 years old. Oh, I would have thought 62, but cool. Yeah. Speaking that of 62, mean. Lex Luger turns 61. Oh, yeah. Happy yeah, birthday, he, Lex. He aged. He aged, he aged bad. horribly. Yeah. Speaking of aging horribly, speaking of aging horribly, Mick Foley turns 54 years old. <laughs> oh, please, Mick, get a new hip. Oh, something. A new everything. A new stick. Um, Velvet Sky, who's been in trouble of past weeks, turns 38 years old. Oh, wow. I didn't realize she was that old. Good on yeah. her. And, uh, the best for last, I think the greatest ring announcer of all time, the Fink, Howard Finkel, turns 69 years old. Oh, man. When you said greatest in my head, I said Fink first. Nice. Yeah. There you go, man. The Fink, man. You know, when I was younger and I was, before I got married, I always said I wanted to have... Me and Gene Oakland be the, the priest for my wedding, but I would want it Howard Fink to be like, and coming down the aisle, Rick <laughs> Serrano the third. Like, how great would that have been coming down the aisle with the Fink? Oh, man. That guy's voice was, uh, yeah, my childhood too. Definitely. All right. Well, let's go into the wrestling news from around the world. All right, Sami Zayn is launching a Syrian fundraiser during WWE Super Showdown, um, which I think is a great cause. I mean, he's not invited, mm -hmm. obviously, uh, with the Syrian background. And uh, he said, just check out his Twitter, where you can find him on Sami Zayn at, uh, on his Twitter, and help raise some money for the Syrians. And I think that's a great cause. I think he's doing a great thing with that. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's a, especially at a strange time right now, politically, it's, uh, it's good for him to be able to do that. Absolutely. You know, All right. Now, this one is a little bit of your news that you would, you would cover on Wrestling POV Global. But because it's such a big news, I feel like it needed to be mentioned. So I'm going to mention it here. John Moxley wins the IWGP US title against Juice Robinson. Now, you're a global guy. You cover everything outside of mm -hmm. WWE. How big is this for John Moxley? It's it's very big for John Moxley, and it was the match itself. If you didn't get a chance to see it, fans, go out and try it. Uh, 
all those times you used to watch Dean Ambrose at the end being like, oh, I know he can do more, or oh, he's kind of holding back, or he's kind of he has those kind of kitty, childish uh, maneuvers like that little spin thing he does. Uh, that all went to rest. Uh, when he was in there, this was the John Moxley of old that people thought, oh, he should be in the WWE. He tore it up in there, man. It was a phenomenal. He looks great, and he shows what can happen yeah, sometimes. I mean, Sorry, I was gonna say he shows yeah, what can happen I mean, sometimes when a guy's given a chance to do his stuff. Exactly. I mean, when you take away that stupid uh, clothesline he would do when he would bend over the ropes, and like you said about the spin, it's just like that he didn't need to do all these cartoonish things. You know, he just had to be himself. All right. So now let's get into the rumors. Uh, rumor has it that Adam Cole and Shayna Baszler. Currently, the NXT men's and women's champions are going to be called up to the main roster. What are your thoughts on that, TJ? Well, Shayna Baszler would be an awesome addition, I think, and I think she would do really well. Uh, she's definitely, like right now, the women's division has some great wrestlers, but she is something else. If you've been watching her in NXT, she's incredible. Adam Cole, I come sometimes worry about Adam Cole and the fact is he's such a talented guy, but he's like AJ Styles height, but not AJ Styles moveset or talent. So while he's a great solid wrestler and he's been great in the independence, putting him in against guys over six foot one does not look the best. I mean, look how he looks standing in his own stable. How That's is Vince true. gonna look at that in the big things? Well, I mean, how Vince looks at anybody from NXT is with clouded judgment, I feel like. I feel <laughs> like if he didn't bring him up himself, he doesn't have confidence in them. So Exactly. Alright, let's go on to injuries where we do have one injury, unfortunately. Mickey James uh, tore her ACL and she's going to need surgery. So she's going to be out for quite some time. And with Mickey James, mother time waits for no one. So I don't know how much time she has left. Well, you know what? At her, and, and let's face it, I'm not trying to be insulting here. She's been around for quite a while. A major injury at this time in your career, especially to a women's wrestler. There's not a lot of women's slots open. We might probably have seen the last of her, except maybe t showing up as a guest on a on a special thing. But I think that's probably the end of her regular run. Yeah, that that's something that I'm gonna miss because I think Vicky James on this run was a lot better. I think they should have done a lot more with her. I think she has a lot to offer. I'd rather see Vicky James than Natalia, and I'll be honest with you there. I know you're Canadian <laughs> and everything, but <laughs> Vicky James over Natalia, I think, in my opinion, especially. During the last couple of years, I would say, and I'm a yeah. huge Natalia fan. No, yeah, you know Natalia. Natalia is an extremely uh, talented wrestler, but it suffers once again from being dictated how to wrestle. And what have we seen? Just a really weird, cat-loving woman. Like I don't know. How's that go anywhere? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the news, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna kick it over to NXT Takeover 25. Wow. Uh, NXT knows how to put on a good, great show. Let's they kick really these do. Off. Yeah, they kick things off with Matt Riddle up against Roderick Strong. This match, um, not the biggest fan of Matt Riddle, but I really liked what he was able to bring to the ring this time around with Roderick Strong. I think Roderick Strong is a perfect opponent for him. Brought the best out of him. Um, he debuted a new finisher with the leaping Tombstone Power Driver, uh, which we haven't <laughs> seen. Um... And he pulled out the victory. What did you think? Uh, I'm enjoying the progression of Matt Riddle. I mean, he's definitely something a little bit different. And I think if they just threw him out there and had him just destroy everybody, I don't think people would get behind him. He's too odd. I mean, 
from the moment you love the Crocs thing where he like comes down and kicks his Crocs, like all these weird crap. But because they've been doing it slowly and building him with good opponents, he's going to reach that point where he's going to be the main event guy. I bet you in about you know six to eight months, he'll be a credible threat to any NXT title. Now, let me ask you this. Now, he's been on Twitter trying to build a beef with Brock Lesnar. Uh, he got blocked by Goldberg. What do you think? that Does that do anything for him or does that hurt him? Like trying to build a beef with Brock Lesnar at this point. Well, you know what? I think, believe it or not, usually I would say no, but this is a guy who has the actual credentials behind him. He is a former MMA fighter. He knows that style. I think... This is the one time something like that can actually work. Um, why not? As you know, if Lesnar takes any notice of it, it makes him. Yeah, well, knowing Brock Lesnar, he's not even looking at Matt Riddle's name. That is true. Uh, we go into the, the four-way ladder match where the Street Profits pick up the win. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Crime Time 2.0, as I call them? <laughs> Uh, I've had a really hard time getting behind these guys uh, just for the simple fact is they just act so idiotic. I mean, they have some great stuff sometimes. They do these incredibly weird out-of-nowhere maneuvers. Like when he jumped on – when uh, Montez Ford jumped onto the ladder out of nowhere. Yep. Um, they have all these great athletic things. But, man, the whole solo cup dancing around stuff, I just think it's – it's that's stuff that will not make it on the, the, the main roster. That's indie crap all the way. I mean – I would have believed you a couple of years ago with that statement, but they're throwing freaking pancakes on the main roster. So, <laughs> Solo Cups ain't too too bad, if you ask me. Um, well, like we said, the Street Profits won. The match was okay, but like we said before the show, it was kind of spot-festy. You know, there was a bunch mm -hmm. of spots going on. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't enjoyable to watch, but uh wasn't the best match on the card. And no. that, that, that's, not saying, that's saying a lot because this card was stacked, in my opinion. I agree. And, you know, um, some, some guys I know who do a lot of in-depth analysis into all the wrestling and behind-the-scene things, a lot of people said they felt that this was like the WWE kind of saying to AEW, hey, we can do that kind of crap too and do it better than you. And that match was pretty reminiscent of some of the stuff that happened on the AEW uh, pay-per-view. And that's why we got you here, TJ Logan. With the insight from around the world. Alright, next up we had Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze. This is the match that I would rank as the worst match of NXT TakeOver. Um, I love Tyler Breeze, but I just didn't feel the chemistry with these two guys. Um, I feel like they could have gave us a little bit more. Um, I wanted Velveteen to lose so he could go up, but he didn't. Tyler Breeze ends up losing the match. Uh... I, I and at the end of the match they take a selfie together. That's that was ridiculous <laughs> to me. I, I was just like, wait, what are you guys doing? You know, I'm always gonna have a soft spot for um for Tyler Breeze. Uh, you know, I knew Tyler Breeze for four or five years before he went to the big roster, and he wrestled quite locally in our in our uh, area, and he was a really great guy. And it's sort of funny. Uh, the one thing I'll always remember about him is I said to him one day, just before he was getting called up and we're all saying our goodbyes and doing our last things, I said to him, you know what, man? I said, look at your hair. That hair is going to take you so far in the WWE. That's what's going to sell. And he just laughed and he said, as if I would go with something like that. And then where does he end up being? The model pretty boy with the hair. Look so, at you. <laughs> that so was you one of the few times. Sorry? 
Yeah, you got to take that credit. You better make sure they give you your credit and get your checks or something. No, I only saw the possibility of it. It wasn't really a solid thought out idea. I just kept saying with your hair that, and look at me, man, I'm bald. So I, you know, when I, I can appreciate a super great set of hair and Tyler Breeze has got really good hair. Well, there you go. Um, speaking of good head of hair, Shayna Baszler versus Io Shirai. Now, what are they doing with Shayna Baszler? Is she Ronda Rousey 2.0? Because she cannot be stopped. Well, I think she's better than Ronda Rousey, to be honest. Uh, I mean, she really, she takes her wrestling a lot more seriously and and it shows. She really goes out there and she really puts on a show. I always found Ronda kind of awkward. Yeah. It seemed like she was trying, but she felt so awkward looking in there. Yeah, she was trying to play wrestler, basically. So that's why it was Mm -hmm. just never taken seriously. Um, So yeah, Shayna Baszler dominates Io Shirai after the match. Io Shirai attacks her with a kendo stick. And uh, is this going to continue? Oh, yes. Yes, it will. And I think it has to. I think it's the only way to elevate into a new direction. And it's probably going to be, I, in my opinion, this will be how that they finally will deal with Shayna Baszler to send her to the, the main roster. All right. Um, you know, you have this girl who's been so dominant over everyone. And then you get someone like Io Shirai, who is one of the most talented wrestlers that has ever been in NXT. The only way to credibly do this now is have her go way off and do all these crazy things to the point where it maybe puts a bit of fear into Baszler. And that maybe that's the story that they'll sell. All right. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the main event, we had Adam Cole, baby, versus Johnny Gargano, the, the NXT champion. Now, this match was Absolutely phenomenal, and I know listeners, I'm not the biggest Johnny Gargano fan, but this match was so good. I didn't want it to end. I was there cheering along with Fight Forever. Um, This was a great match. Um, I think I want to open up our vault for Match of the Year candidate. Do you agree, TJ? Oh, you know what? I may not have the best voter saying but on this show, but yes, I I think this match was very much incredible, and it'll hold up against... Pretty much other matches you have in there. All right, so let's open it up. All right, that's our vault. It's uh, kind of rusty. Um, <laughs> so we're going to add Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano to the match of the year uh, candidates. Um, this match was amazing. Like I said, back and forth action. Towards the end, Adam Cole uh, pulls the referee in the way out on a suicide dive. Johnny Gargano takes out the ref. Adam Cole is pinned for a 13 count. Uh, then all of a sudden Adam Cole pretends to be calling for people in the back. He's head fakes Johnny Gargano. Uh, he hits the Panama Sunrise and then the last shot. It was an amazing match. Amazing finish. Adam Cole, baby, is your new NXT heavyweight champion. What a way to end the show. This is how you do a show. I mean, we're going to get into Super Showdown later on, but... NXT TakeOver showed you why they had the best pay-per-view this week. Well, you know, this is their 25th show, and it's been 25 hits out of the park. Uh, Can these guys not put on a good show? (laughs) I wonder when we're going to finally be complaining. I mean, well, let's not go that way. That may be too far, because there have been some letdowns. I I remember a couple of Finn Balor ones and uh, Samoa Joe pay-per-views, or or when Drew McIntyre was champ, I wasn't too great. I was like, eh. So there were a couple there that I was just a little sketchy on. But, like you said, majority of these shows are great. So we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. That is your NXT TakeOver coverage. Let's get into some 
hot tag news. And hot tag news is when we talk about one of the hot things that we're uh, going around in the, the world of professional wrestling. And I can't think of anything hotter right now than Sasha Banks. Now, before we get into it, TJ, what are your thoughts on Sasha Banks herself? Uh, Sasha Banks, okay. I followed her from the beginning of uh, NXT. And she is a talented lady, but I think she suffers from the delusion that she is much more talented. She believes that she is much more talented than she actually is. I think right now in the current uh, WWE, there are a lot of other women wrestlers who are heads and t- heads above her in talent, in in the way they wrestle, the way they interact with fans. And yeah, she's got this great attitude, but I really think she really needs a bit of humility. And uh, I really don't think she deserves to be the champion in any of the women's divisions. And I don't think she deserves to be on a main events right now. I think she really has to, I mean, her work in her last, in the last year, just look at the work she was doing, such sloppy things. I don't know how many times I thought she was either going to kill herself or kill her opponent. And I mean, legitimately hurt someone. So I think she really needs to get back in and start working on her wrestling a bit, work on her attitude a bit. And I think then things will come better for her. All right. Uh, Mr. Wrestling POV president. Yeah. Tom, TJ's not working out. I think you gotta change. <laughs> Tom, you kidding me? Sasha Banks is a great talent. I have to disagree with you. I, I see her as a great talent. I don't think she's a, as dangerous as people make her out to be. I think she takes the moves that she thinks she needs to do. Um, unlike Nia Jax, who can't do a proper Samoan drop, um, Sasha Banks goes above and beyond for the business. I think she's a big fan of the business. Now, if I have to say, take the, the four horsewomen, if I had to rate them, where would I put Sasha Banks? Well, in my opinion, Charlotte is number one. You know, And I'm not saying that because she gave us a spot on our show, gave us a little shout-out. Um, but Charlotte, hands down, is the number one overall. Then I would have to go Bailey number two. Then, and I may shock a bunch of people here, I'm going to go Sasha Banks number three over Becky. Now, Becky has the charisma. She has this whole man gimmick, gimmick. But where was she years before that? We didn't know where Becky was. But Sasha Banks, her and Charlotte would tear the roof down for years they were doing it. Her and Bailey tore the house down at NXT TakeOver. But the main problem is, they are treating Sasha like she's a spoiled brat. And I don't think she's a spoiled brat. I think what Sasha's been doing is just showing that she's upset about where the business is going. She loves the business of professional wrestling. Okay. Um, in, in, in all fairness, um, sometimes when we have these sort of questions, um, I may take into account some things that I have access to. Um, I do know some people who work. Backstage at the WWE, I, I've you know I've kept relationships with certain wrestlers. Over Excuse the years. me. No, and I'm not trying to be like snotty or anything. But one of the things that before this uh, topic even came up was guys telling me that Sasha is so full of herself. Like she backstage, she acts like an ass. And I've been to a lot of uh, backstage wrestling things. And when you act like an ass, you just alienate yourself. It doesn't matter if you're the main event person or whatever. You're a company. You guys, the locker room's the locker room, and you will alienate. And you will put make people not want to be a part of your success if you act like you're so much better than everyone else. And unfortunately, that has been a thing people have said to me in the past about her, that she carries herself very arrogantly. 
I mean, not Brock Lesnar arrogant, but arrogant. Well, I was going to say, I mean, there's a a bunch of men that work in the WWE that are very arrogant, like Mm -hmm. a Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Triple H, guys like that. And do you think, now, like you said, she does come Mm -hmm. off snotty backstage. I I don't know about that because I'm not backstage Mm -hmm. there. But do you think that if she was a man, this would be a different story for her? Um, you know, I could have, maybe five years ago, I would have said that, but today's, uh, today's society, especially in WWE, it's obviously that there is a bubble that it has the people like Triple H. It has the people like Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. These are the handpicked guys that Vince McMahon believes the company needs 100% and he's willing to pay gazillions for. Unfortunately, 98% of the, the crew in his mind are just people who are there and they're part of the thing uh they're interchangeable no matter how good they are and uh and and i think no i i don't think it's like look at leo rush there's a great example of a guy backstage who was like flexing his outer muscles a little too much and got people mad at him um you can look back if you if you read between the lines or even just ask around Every year, there's at least five or six guys in the WWE who act way bigger than their britches and end up being demoted to nothing. If you can't be a team player in this wrestling, yeah, we're based on a fight sport, but let's face it, man, it's a tag team every time because you got to put your hand, you got to put your life in the hands of someone else. And if that someone else feels like that, uh, that you're not reliable or trustful enough to do that for, that becomes a problem. So, no, I wouldn't say in this right. day and age. Well, I see where you're going with that, but I, I still kind of disagree just because mm-hmm. you can't put Sasha Banks on the level of a guy like Leo Rush. I honestly mm-hmm. think Sasha Banks is one of the top women in the business. I, like I said, the top four mm-hmm. in the business today. Um, and she's a main eventer. You know, she puts on great shows. She puts on great matches. You know what? She can walk around with that little pride that she got. Um but you know what? Sometimes that sassiness can't get you in trouble. And the world we live in, unfortunately, doesn't give a fair chance to everybody. And sometimes people just don't take that the right way. I love somebody that's confident. But I can see what, as you can see me. I mean, I'm the first ever wrestling POV champion. The first ever two-time wrestling POV champion. The first ever three-time wrestling POV champion. The first ever global wrestling POV champion. So I know what it is to be cocky. And the thing is, no one's going to knock me off my horse. Unfortunately, Sasha Banks got knocked off her horse. You know what? And uh, you, you are right about one thing, though. Let's face facts. In this day and age, there is still that whole perception that if a woman acts full of herself, that she's a bitch. And if a guy does it, he's cool. And that's, that's, that is something that is going to have to be – that probably – I hope it changes, but I doubt if it ever will. Um, I was just trying to think of the sense more of the fact of how people interact backstage and how it goes forward to the person you work with. But, yeah, I can see your point. Of, oh, yeah. So in my opinion, like I like, I am not, I've never been disliking her. Uh, I got to admit though, that I, I would, I would always put Becky, uh, Bailey and Charlotte above her every time. But that's because I watched all four of them from the very beginning, in my opinion, watch them and, and watch them progress. And I saw much more in those girls right now, but I see a great potential in Sasha. I mean, in 10 years, she might be the better wrestler at the end. But in my opinion right now, you know, those four, 
she is the fourth one. But she has the potential to be so much more. All right. And now my final question is... Sasha Banks staying with WWE. Now, on Instagram, she changed her name to her first name, which is Mercedes. Is she going to go to AEW, or is she just playing with the fans, and she's staying with WWE? I'd say she stays with the WWE. Uh, I don't... There's got to be some kind of financial bubble that's going to burst here with AEW. They just can't give a gazillion dollars to every single person who had WWE in their resume at one time, because that's what it's starting to look like. And... Uh, Sasha Banks is at the she's at the age and stage of her career where she needs to be if she really wants to be better and be the top she needs to be in there competitively. What does she do if she goes to AEW? She fights Britt Baker every week. I mean, it's not like they have a very deep women's division to begin with. Um, and definitely, uh, there has been I think in the last couple of years Vince McMahon has let wrestlers do this sort of mess around on Twitter thing because in the end it gets people talking about the product who may not have talked about it very much. So, yeah, she stays. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, there's rumors about it that she's going to have a story come SummerSlam. So, looking forward to that. Uh, like, And that's your hot tag news, guys, about Sasha Banks. Um, I think it's time to take a pause for the cause. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go over Raw Notes, SmackDown Breakdown, NXT POV, and the Super Showdown. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, uh, I'm WWE Superstar Charlotte Flair, also known as the Queen, and uh, listen to Wrestling POV Podcast, and always do it with Flair. Woo! And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. The Wrestling POV Podcast and Wrestling POV Global is affiliated with the Collar Double Brand. Make sure you go to CollarDoubleBrand.com. Save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. That is W-P-O-V. How do you say that Canadian, TJ? Uh, you add an A at the end. Oh, W-P-O-V, eh? All right. Yeah, no, perfect. Not with that A. No A. All right. <laughs> it's just WPOV. Save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV, guys. It's a great company. It helps your local indie wrestlers and it helps your local podcast like the world's greatest podcast, Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global. You can catch us on iTunes, YouTube, Poppy, Spotify, and iHeartRadio for free every Wednesday and Saturday for your news about wrestling from around the world and all your WWE news. Remember, CollarDoubleBrand.com. Save yourself 10% WPOV. TJ, it's time to get raw, baby. Well, you know what? The Raw report this week. I got to say, folks, I don't get a lot of chance to usually watch Raw. We're usually covering so many other things. And my last visions of Raw hadn't been the best. But I got to say, this week's episode wasn't that bad. I enjoyed some of the things on here. And I just want to touch on a few of the things that happened. Um... And some of them are crazy. I mean, first of all, Shane McMahon coming out and saying how he's going to beat up Roman Reigns. Shane McMahon, a 50-year-old guy yeah. who's not a I, real wrestler. Uh, insane. Wow. Insane. So, you know, they do uh, they do a match, an impromptu match, which showed us in the poll. It had Roman Reigns teaming with Jimmy and Jey Uso, taking on Drew McIntyre and uh, Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. And I got to tell you, it was a really one-sided match, in my opinion. It seemed like McIntyre and his gang really dominated a lot of the match, and they end up getting the win. And yeah, then they've been punking, sorry? they've been punking Roman Reigns for a while yeah. now, and um, they really punked him on this match. You know, at the end, they have a beatdown, uh, a ferocious beatdown, where they have Shane uh, doing uh, ridiculous things like the spear and stuff, and. I don't know, but one thing I do want to say is Drew McIntyre looks pretty incredible. And it's nice to see, you know, Dawson and Wilder 
getting some movement in there, but I got to say they looked pretty small in there compared to everyone else in this match. Um, oh, ben, yeah. what about this These Lars guys Anderson are really guy? small, Sorry. but they're they, – well, I was going to say that they're a really small tag team, but they're a great tag team, you know, so I'm glad that they yes. get this run. Um, as you mentioned, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan, he's – come on, move on from the Lucha House Party. As you will talk about more about it in the Super Showdown, it's just like, all right, move on, do something else. It's almost, in some ways, Lars is is kind of redundant. I mean, you also don't you have the other? You got the big other giant. Uh, I can't even think of his name. All of a sudden, I lost it here. The big dude is always showing his hands. Braun, oh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, Braun Strowman. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, he comes out uh, another uh, confrontation with the Lucha House Party that ends up with the Lucha House Party actually getting a one up on him for a change. But of course, we'll go tell you where that led into this weekend. Um, then the girl stuff, and this is what I liked about Raw this week, is there was actually two different segments involving two sets of girls here. Um, Becky comes out, and she's all talking, and then Lacey, who I don't know, man, I'm not sold on Lacey so much. She comes on out, she comes blabbing, and then Charlotte comes out, and she starts getting at it, and then they end up having a match against Lacey Evans, taking on Charlotte Flair, with Becky watching it, and then for some reason, Becky jumps in, Beats the crap out of uh, Lacey Evans, which causes Lacey to win by disqualification. So Lacey's going to get a shot coming up. So not sure really what, what the logic was yeah. there. But hey, it's WWE. TJ, Sometimes you don't think. Let me ask you this question. It. Yes. Let me ask you this. Are you a fan of watching? Did you enjoy watching Charlotte and Lacey get it on? Hmm. Um, <laughs> I, you know, the only way I can answer this, and honestly, when I was watching this, I knew I was going to watch it and, <laughs> and watch with a critical eye. It was an ugly match. Man, they did not do a lot except jump on each other and try and pummel each other. Like, very sloppy, very... I guess they were selling how much angry they were at each other, but this was not a pretty match to watch at all. Two pretty ladies doing an ugly match. It so. was not pretty, <laughs> and I have to tell you... Because it wasn't a pretty match, something has to go in the book. And we are no longer allowed to put anything Charlotte into the book because of her promo she cut for us. Right. But there was a wedgie alert. There was definitely a wedgie in this match. And Lacey Evans, your wedgie is going back in the book, Lacey. You had a wedgie because Charlotte pulled it up your butt. So, Lacey Evans, wedgie, you just made the book. And, and, and a really quick aside here, Rick. Are you sold on Lacey Evans? Like, I had a hard time with her in NXT. I don't really think her much here in Raw. I love I love her promos, and mm -hmm. I think she has what it takes to be a top person. I don't think she should be in the title picture as of right now. Her first feud should have been against somebody like Natalia or something like that. Okay. Now, um, oh boy. Uh... I hate I hate it when they do arm wrestling matches. So Stro oh, Braun Strowman God. and Bob Lashley. Okay, it was just as terrible as I thought it was going to be. Um, Strowman wins. Uh, Bobby Lashley. I kind of think of him as the place where uh, personality goes to die because he is the blandest, big, scary-looking man you ever saw. <laughs> um, I, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. Let's just skip past that. Um, Moving on with yeah, Nikki that was Cross. Bad, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Uh, what the hell have they done to Nikki Cross? I mean, I, I, I've seen her in Insanity. I've seen her when she first got to the thing. I haven't seen her a couple weeks, and all of a sudden she's this timid little, hey, can you be my friend? Okay. Uh, they I don't know what the hell her. they're doing. Oh, they, 
human they puppyized her man i mean she's okay <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know what that's supposed to mean but it, it really not digging that part of it but i love nikki cross and uh the iconics they're so annoyingly funny i i enjoy that about them like you want to hate them because they're just they're they're shitheads you know, it's that simple. And uh, But they keep so, losing. How do you keep having the tag team champions lose week in and week out? Uh, look at any of the WWE tag team champions in the last year. That's Most of them true. never won anything. <laughs> like You're Once right. you win the belt, you, you don't win anymore. As Dusty Rhodes would say, you'd be starving when you headed over to the, uh, to the pay window because you lost every week. <laughs> but uh, Nikki Cross exactly. getting the win... <laughs> Nikki Cross getting the win after some kind of dumb storyline with Alexa and coffee, which kind of carried over to SmackDown, I do believe, the coffee thing. But um, So Nikki yeah. Cross gets the win. Alexa goes on a tear and kicks the crap out of Billy Kay, which was uh, which kind of surprised me. So I'm not sure at all what the underlying story is there, but it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. Um, Baron Corbin, wow. Uh, he comes out. Uh, they did this whole thing during the, the entire show, right from the beginning, where they had uh, – Seth coming out and he's talking about his challengers and then they show Brock pulling up in a limo and then Brock's going to walk in and then Brock changes his mind and, and all the time he's going to cash in this his uh, chance to get the belt. So that was the ongoing story. So um, I'm not sure, like once again, logic is something that WWE doesn't seem to think through at all because I mean we have Baron Corbin come out and, and what was he thinking? He lays out Seth Rollins. So, yeah, that would give – he's got a title shot coming up, but he's going to lay out the guy who can now be pinned by the dude who's going to have the, the briefcase. Makes no sense, but he did Yeah, it. that's ridiculous. Um, yep. Yeah. And then what's even more ridiculous is the whole point of the briefcase is this is your chance to get that cheap win. Nobody actually win, you, you know uses it honorably. Everyone uses exactly. it, the guys down, even Bailey. So Brock comes out, beats the living snot out of Seth Rollins, and then says, nope. I'm waiting till Friday. <laughs> what the hell? That made Brock Lesnar look like the stupidest man on earth. And I know he's not a brain genius anyways, but still, come on. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then let's let's get to uh, – I'm, I'm skipping a lot of the, the, the talking junk because, you know, a lot of it was junk. But uh, we get no to the main cares. event. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. Who cares? Uh, we get to Cesaro versus Ricochet. Now this is the third match in their series. And uh, you know what? We talked about this really briefly in the beginning, and you you laughed and said how it may have been the worst of the three matches, but when that match is that's the worst, yep. <laughs> how damn good has this whole thing been? And it has been. Um, this match, sure, it wasn't the best match in the world, but it was pretty damn solid. And Ricochet getting the win, um, it, I'm very interested to see what they're going to do with Ricochet and Cesaro. I mean, Cesaro's a guy, you're right, he deserves to be in the main event. Uh there's always comes back to the quote where Vince McMahon said, well, he has an accent. I don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean, but uh, apparently that's what's put him down in Vince's eyes. And Ricochet, once again, love him. He's talented, but he's even smaller than AJ Styles. And look how long it took for AJ Styles to get any look by Vince. So let's hope and pray Ricochet sure. gets in there quicker. So overall, this week's Raw, like I said, I kind of dreaded having to watch it all from beginning to end, but it wasn't as bad as, uh, as it has been. But there are a few logic gaps that I wish that maybe they'd hire somebody to, if they're going to write entire shows, maybe write some continuity. And that's this All week's right, well, Raw Report. There you go. With the Raw Notes, you got TJ Logan taking over. For Tony, I think you're going to start doing it every week because you woke me up with Raw 
Normally, Raw puts me to sleep. Now, this week, Raw was a lot better than it was in the past couple weeks. But now, let's kick it over to the SmackDown Breakdown! Are you ready? Another Kofi promo. This is getting tiresome. I'm done with it. I don't want to hear his deep voice and he's trying to be a wrestler now. I don't, I'm not with it. I'm over it. It's just terrible. It is. It's pancakes. Uh, we had Kofi. <laughs> Co yeah, it's terrible. Kofi and Xavier took on Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And again, Sami Zayn eats the pin. It's like Sami Zayn comes back and he's just losing every week now as Kofi and Xavier pick up the win. Mm. Uh, next up, we had Elias taking on R-Truth in a Lumberjack 24-7 rules match. Uh, the rules for the 24-7 uh, title was taken away. It was just a regular match. Elias becomes your new 24-7 champion, but it doesn't last long as R-Truth gets him under the ring. Now, did you see the footage for this, TJ? Yes, I did. Uh, I watched it. Yeah. Um, can I ask you, do you like the 24-7 thing? Do you think it's cool or do you think it's just ridiculous? I am entertained by it. I I think it's ridiculous, but I am entertained by the ridiculousness. Uh, I hate to admit it, but so am I. I kind of look forward to these stupid little vignettes and <laughs> the jumping each other on the... Uh, yeah, that's why I like the old ones. So I, I think the, the problem here is... Um, Everybody who's involved in this is kind of reduced to jokes now. So it's hard to take any wrestler seriously who wants to go after this belt. Yes, and we're going to go over more of that when we go into Super Showdown. What happened after SmackDown? Um, then we had uh, Shane McMahon call out Roman Reigns again. And uh, this time, Drew McIntyre hits Roman with the Claymore. And once again, Shane spears him. And it's just like, come on. Like, this is... A 50-year-old man we're talking about taking out your number one guy. This is Roman Reigns, and he's taking – Shane McMahon is taking him out. Are you serious? Hey, that's what you get for being the uh, the son of the owner. That's true. Um, then we had Alexa Bliss up against Carmella and Charlotte Flair to decide who will be the number one contender um, to face against Bayley. Now, this match was probably the best match of the night. That's not saying much. <laughs> um, but Alexa Bliss picks up the win as she, of all the people, she's the number one contender. I'm finding this hard to believe. I'm not liking this that Alexa is in multiple stories. She's looking like she's about to be fighting for the tag team titles with Nikki Cross. Now she's fighting Bailey for the title on SmackDown, but she's from Raw. What do you think about this whole, like, mixing people back and forth thing? Um, you know what? Let's face it. Uh, it's always been in the history of whenever they do the brand separation, uh, one of the shows suffers terribly, and then they just get rid of it, and then they, year, years go by, and they do it again, and then one show suffers and get rid of it. Uh, it's, it does just take it for what it is. It's ridiculous. And, you know, the, the wild card thing is just a way to get 
big names over to the other side. So all the brand loyalty stuff, that's just crap. That's garbage. Just take for the fact that there's uh, all your B-list players will be on either show A or B, and the big guys will be going back and forth. That's the best way to look at it. Yeah, you're right. All right, and then we had Andrade and Apollo. That never gets on the way as Andrade attacks Apollo with the, the DDT. And then Finn Balor comes out and takes out Andrade. But Andrade gets the last stand as he stands tall. And then, of course, we get Goldberg for the first time on SmackDown. And he cuts a pretty good promo uh, but, uh, he, by saying, You're next, Undertaker. You're going to rest in peace. All right, <laughs> so that's your SmackDown breakdown. SmackDown was a letdown, I believe, this week. Um, yeah, wasn't it was. too impressed by what SmackDown brought to us. Um, it is now time for NXT POV, Mamma Mia! All right, uh, Keith Lee. Now, before I get into this first matchup, NXT's before and after takeovers are usually struggling because they're recorded. But the last couple mm-hmm. of times... They've actually been pretty good, and this one was pretty good this week. Uh, Keith mm-hmm. Lee took on Kona Reeves, and he defeated him. Now, what are your thoughts, TJ, on Keith Lee? Keith Lee, I am, you know, I followed him in the indies, and uh, I wasn't sure. He's one of those guys that when you get signed to the WWE, you're like, oh, are they going to destroy him, or are they going to keep him as he is, or are they going to remake him? They've kept him as he is, and he's fine he's doing awesome in there i mean for a man his size and look at him he looks like the kind of guy you know in two years that dude's on the main roster man and he's in the top of the cards he ain't no apollo cruz scraping the bottom he's gonna be at the top wow that's that is a lot to say that's a big thing right there um next up we have mia yim defeat bianca belair now bianca belair She's going down while Mia Yip is rising to the surface. Are they done with Bianca Belair? Um, part of me says yes, but I do notice that she has two things going for her. One, she has the fact that they keep putting vignettes and putting over things about her a lot, keeping her fresh about her past pro, like pre-wrestling things. And the second is her husband's the tag team champion now, so you know that they always kind of keep those people at least close to each other on card. So you know we're going to at least be seeing her. All right, well, there you go. Uh, Mia Yim, on the other hand, she's definitely going to get a title shot sooner than, rather than later, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Mia Yim? Um, and last, Mia Yim is the whole package. I love the attitude. Mm-hmm. I love the wrestling ability. I think she's going to do great things in this company. Um, I think she's going to... Shayna Baszler's going to move up, and that title's going to mm-hmm. be vacant sooner sooner. So I think Mia Yim is definitely going to be fighting for that soon. Who do you think is going to be the next uh, champion, moving, the women's champion? Sorry, I'm sorry. I I think it's going to no, – no, no, it's fine. I think it's going to be uh, Mia Yim or Io Shirai. I hope it's Mia Yim because I think Mia Yim has more attitude, more swagger going with her whole wrestling background. You know, Io Shirai mm-hmm. doesn't speak much. And as we've seen, people that don't speak – very well English don't really succeed in the WWE for whatever reason. True, true, true. So uh, if well, you want to give a mouthpiece, I mean, don't put Paige as your mouthpiece for an Asian group <laughs> like they're doing on <laughs> SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyone who listens to our show knows that I have some really weird deep-seated love for Io Shirai. So um, I'm hoping and that she gets her chance because I think 
pound for pound, she's probably the best talented women's wrestler, possibly even in all of WWE right now. I know you don't get to see a lot of that, Rick, but this this chick really is amazing. Well, you and Tony agree on something because uh, Tony thinks Io Shirai is his little dumpling. <laughs> I'm going to have to fight Tony for that one. <laughs> and then the uh, last... Well, there you go. You gonna Tony's a big guy. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, uh, we had Drew Gulak challenge Kushida to a submission match, and William Regal ex- uh, put the match to go through. So Kushida is looking great. I love him. And uh, Tony was bringing up a good point, saying that Kushida could see some big pushes for himself towards SummerSlam during that weekend of NXT Takeover during the SummerSlam weekend. What do you think? Do you think Kashida's going to get pushed before then? Or SummerSlam sounds about right? Well, I want to say that the whole world's open for Kashida. I mean, he's super talented. But once again, he doesn't speak the English the best. And they sure made a lot of noise when they brought Nakamura up. And where's that cat been for the last while? You know? Um, So, you know, NXT seems to use foreign wrestlers awesomely. And WWE is where they go for their careers to die. So, whew. I really hope they use him well, but uh, and I love Kushida. Okay, been a fan of the Time Splitters for years, um, but I don't hold my hope up because he's not even—he's nowhere as as big in stature and dynamic as Nakamura. And look what they did to him. True. All right. Well, with that being said, it's now time for Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT every week on our Facebook page at Wrestling POV. On Thursdays, we put up a a, a voting thing for you to vote on Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. You use the like emojis. You use a thumbs up for SmackDown, the heart for Raw, or the smiley face for NXT. You, the fans, voted this week. And you voted in favor of NXT with 50% of the vote. And Raw and SmackDown tied with 25% of the vote. So, TJ, it's up to us to decide which was the best show. Right now, NXT is ahead 5 to Raw's 2 to SmackDown's 1. So, TJ, All since right. you're the guest this week, which was your favorite show of the week and why? Um, this was a struggle between NXT and Raw, but I'm going to go with NXT because the quality of matches were just a little better and things made a lot more sense to me. I put Raw second because things didn't make as much sense, but it had a lot of better wrestling than SmackDown did, which was very dismal this week. Yeah, you know, and this was probably, I'm the SmackDown fan on the show and I can't even defend it this week. I... This was the week to get them a point, but they blew it by giving us a bad, bad week. SmackDown was definitely on the bottom this week. Uh, Raw was second, and I have to agree with you with NXT. NXT was a better show. It has stories developing. It's giving you more uh, action. Um, so I have to go with NXT. So with that being said, NXT now jumps ahead a little bit more. It's up six to Raw's two to SmackDown's one. So that is your Raw vs. SmackDown vs. NXT, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kick it off to the Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen. So, before we get into this blood money, I mean, before we get into this card, let's talk about the 24-7 title, which R-Truth lost to Jinder Mahal in the the tarmac at the airport in Germany. (laughs) And then when they got back on the plane, R-Truth pinned Jinder Mahal while he was sleeping on the plane and hid in the bathroom for the rest of the flight. So R-Truth is still the 24-7 champion. <laughs> this guy has got to have something on. Why R-Truth, man, of all the people that is highlighted every week with this, this guy never seems to die. 
He's the greatest. He is hilarious. I think mm-hmm. he's a yes man. He'll do whatever Vince McMahon tells him to do. And he just loves what he does. You know, he loves entertaining. Mm-hmm. So hats off to him. So first of all, we now know the temperature of hell because <laughs> these wrestlers were fighting in 101 degree temperatures. That, that is not safe. Stuff. No. How dare they have an arena with people fighting in 101 degrees? Uh, money will buy you whatever you want, I guess. Except for AC? Except, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's outdoor shows are tough enough, but what were they thinking, really? I mean, it's tough enough having people to rest in, wrestle in a closed, non-air-conditioned room. But something like this in the middle of the desert open air that's i hope these guys were paid a lot and given lots of water after yeah absolutely well they kick things off with the usos versus the revival quick match usos pick up the win it was an usos match usos always gonna put on a good match um they pick up the win we move on to the universal title match rollins versus baron corbin this was an embarrassment this was horrible um Baron Corbin gets in an argument with the referee. The referee pushed him. Rollins ends up schoolballing him and picking up the 1-2-3 victory. After the match, Brock Lesnar comes out to cash in, but he doesn't cash in. Instead, he gets his ass beat, his elbow busted. I mean, his elbow looked horrible. I, I gotta say, uh, this is the first time we've ever seen Brock showing as a normal wrestler, and that was refreshing. Usually he just comes in. Definitely and, was. Yeah. Um, where is this going to go now? Uh, I really hope it doesn't go to, to Brock winning the belt. I don't think he needs it. Uh, but good. I, I'm glad it made him look like a bit of an idiot after all this lead up to Friday and then losing it. Yeah, I honestly think that Brock – well, Brock never cashed in. So he's going to hold on to it. I think he's going to cash in on Kofi. I think that's where he's going to go. I think he's going to go to SmackDown for the whole Fox thing. In October. That's pretty interesting, man. Very, really interesting. See, that's what I do. All right, well, you know, uh, Finn Balor, the demon. <laughs> well, you know, when you get the demon you know out saying? there, I mean, so I was, oh, sorry, no, I, I was just saying, every time the demon comes out, he wins. So, did you have any doubt who was going to win this match? Well, I didn't know he was a demon because two yeah. minutes into the match, his makeup was almost gone. <laughs> true, true. Uh, it was good to see Andrade uh, pushed a little more, and I have hopes for him. Uh, this match was okay, though. You know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't Corbin yeah, and uh, Rollins. Yeah, I mean, it was good enough, but Finn Balor does pick up the win. Then we had the most preposterous thing I've ever seen. Shane McMahon versus Roman Reigns. Shane McMahon wins. What? What? And in two weeks, Roman Reigns goes up against Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre helps Shane McMahon win. Are you thinking, Drew McIntyre, that he's going to lose to Roman Reigns? In two weeks at stopping grounds? Uh, hell yeah, because whatever Shane does is only for Shane. It doesn't matter to anyone else in the entire company or storylines. It seems like all logic goes out the window when Shane McMahon's in there. Exactly. All right, we move on to, I'm just going to jump through this. Lars Sullivan lo- defeats the Lucha House Party by disqualification. Ridiculous. Moving on to the longest match of the night, Randy Orton versus Triple H. How, what is up with Triple H and these long-ass matches, TJ? Um, let's face it. Uh, the re- you knew this match had to be long. Because we knew that the main event could not be long. You knew that the, t- the two guys in the main event, they couldn't go more than a few minutes. So I think the logic here was, well, Randy and uh, 
and Triple H can still at least hold a match. So let's give the, the audience a long match where they can feel like they got their money's worth so that when the last match comes on, how explosively short it's going to be, at least they're going to go home knowing they got something for their money. And I think that's what the thinking was here. Well, the thinking was wrong because these guys were sluggish. I didn't like what I saw. It was a long match. Triple H needs to stop fighting. Retire already, Triple H, please. Randy Orton, thankfully, picks up the win. And I'm not the biggest Randy Orton fan, but he definitely deserved to win over Triple H. Um, we then had Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Braun Strowman wins. Bobby Lashley gets suckered. I mean, Braun, if you're going to have Braun win, build his momentum. Give him the universal title. Give him something. He deserves it. He's been struggling for months now. Mm -hmm. We then had Kofi Kingston defeat Dolph Ziggler. No surprise there. Now, the biggest surprise, TJ, Mansoor, he wins the 50-man, the largest battle royal in the history. Mansoor, who the hell is Mansoor? Uh, I believe the last time I saw this dude, he was losing two or three weeks ago on NXT to someone else who isn't really much of a name. Uh, but you had to wonder, I mean, he's a, the Saudi Arabian guy wrestling on the card paid for by the Saudi Arabian prince. This should not surprise anybody that Mount, Mansoor won. I, I barely even know how to say his name properly. Yeah. That's how little I've seen him. Yeah, Mansoor. Um, I think it's good for him. I'm, I'm proud for him. I'm happy for him that he gets to win in front of his home country. But... WWE wouldn't do this for anybody else. I feel like the hometown hero usually loses in his hometown. Exactly, exactly. And 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 keep in mind, Rick, remember who won last year's 50-man uh, battle royal? Braun Strowman. You're right, and what did he get out of it? He got absolutely nothing. The problem here is anything that happens on the Saudi Arabian show, it means pretty much nothing. Out of tonight's show, out of all the matches we've seen, the only thing that has any repercussions is the Brock Lesnar thing. The rest of these matches really are meaningless and have no context for anything going forward. And I think it's going to be like that for every one of these Saudi Arabia matches because they're just paid for matches that they're, they've set a contract with. They have to deliver the contract. Um, but it really doesn't mean anything. So we got another seven years of this, TJ. Yeah, we do. So to be honest, I almost think, is it even worth covering these ones in the end? Because really, only one thing of note happened, and that was the Brock Le uh, the Brock Lesnar failed cash-in thing. The rest of it won't mean a difference come Raw next week. Yeah, well, remember, so Bro Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar did try to cash in, but the cash in never was official. Yeah. So he still has the money in the bank briefcase. But again, like you said, that's the only thing relevant. But I have to disagree because this next matchup, the main event, Undertaker versus Goldberg, as much as I don't want to see it, I wanted to see it. And again, Goldberg, stop banging your head on doors. <laughs> the guy comes to the ring already bleeding. Are you serious? Rick, let me tell you something here, okay? Um, there's a nostalgia thing every one of us humans have, where we remember something of our past and remember it's so glorifying that it seems like something we want to see again. When I was uh, when I was a young boy, 
my parents used to drop me off at the movie theater every Saturday and uh, they give me a few bucks and we we would watch movies all afternoon and they pick us up. And one movie that popped up probably every second week was this movie called Godzilla versus Megalon. And I grew up th- in my mind Godzilla yes. versus Megalon was the greatest movie ever made. When I was 19 years old my friend had me a VHS copy of it and I watched it and I had my dreams shattered of how bad this movie was. And that's fortunately what happens with these kind of things. We build up the fact we remember Goldberg back in the day being that glorious thing. We remember the Undertaker and all he delivers. These guys are in their 50s, man. What makes us think that they could recapture any spirit of anything marvelous in today's world? They didn't. I thought this match was, I yeah, I too wanted to see it strictly on the nostalgia of it. But in the end, man, I wish I really hadn't and I wish that match hadn't happened because it kind of tarnished my view of both those guys. Well, I can tell you for one thing, Undertaker is hating this match after friggin' Goldberg drops him on his head after the jackhammer attempt. Then, after Undertaker's struggling to get up, he drops him again on the power driver attempt, and then he tries to choke slam, and Goldberg doesn't jump. Like, <laughs> Goldberg, you ruined Bret Hart's career. Now you're trying to take out the dead man. Retire. Stay retired. Don't come back. I'm done with you. Vamanos. See you later. Don't let the good door hit you where the Lord split you. All that stuff. Peace out, homie. Don't want to see you no more, Goldberg. You're ruining my heroes. Undertaker and Bret Hart are my top three. Do not do it, please. <laughs> you know, what's really ironic, too, is just before we were recording this, uh, as we were getting ready, I had some news coming in. And one of the news items said uh, they actually uh, almost confirmed that perhaps Bill Goldberg suffered a concussion during this match. So he Probably when he hit his head back. against the door. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is your coverage of the Super Showdown. Ladies and gentlemen, we're towards the end of the show. It is time for the book. Now, the book basically, for those of you who are just listening for the first time ever, we put the most ridiculous things in here. So we're going to see if they stay or we take them out or if we added anything this week. All right. So are you ready, TJ? I am. And you might have to explain because I've heard this book a few times. And there's a few words you guys say that I didn't quite know what you meant. All right. Well, John Cena's haircut. <laughs> That's got to stay. Gotta That's got to stay. Funny. Yeah. Shane's damn ego times six. Oh. You know what? After this, I think you guys got to add another one on there. I mean, come on. This whole week, he's dominating Roman? Seriously? Times seven. All right. Shane's damn ego times seven. You just made the book. All right. Matt Riddle's chancletas. What is that? That's the one I didn't understand. What does that mean? That's his Crocs. Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's some goofy crap when he kicks those things off. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to stay in the book. Uh, the La- Lafayette, Louisiana crowd. This crowd was dead when they were at the show. So they're going to come out the book the next time they go back. And hopefully they're a better crowd. Well, that makes total sense. Uh, Renee Young's commentary. Okay. Like I said, it's been a long time since I watched Raw, and I was watching it more so before she came on. So I was going to listen hard to see what you guys were getting at, and holy shit, she is bad. I mean, really She's bad. She's terrible. Oh, let's go to Old Navy and get some more white jeans, girl. What? <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Uh, Kofi kicks his mic privileges times two. Yeah, pretty bad. 
I see what you guys mean. He's yep. horrible. Undertaker Skullet. <laughs> Skullet's always got to stay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Robert Roode's porn stash mustache. I love the porn stash. I can't believe he made the book for the porn stash. I love the porn stash. Yeah, that's kind of nasty. <laughs> Kofi's 11 years. Uh, I'm getting soured on Kofi quite a bit. Yeah. Listen, what listening to him now is just yeah, I can't take him seriously. Uh Mrs. Daddy's issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Daddy stinky promos. I think we could take that one out just because Daddy went all the way to Saudi Arabia to get declined to fight in Saudi Arabia. So we're gonna take this out the book just for Daddy. That that sounds pretty fair. Good on you guys. Thank you. Uh Kofi's armpit tetas. Yeah, yuck. Stays. Yeah. Not cool. Uh, New Day's fucking pancakes. <laughs> what? What did this even come from in the beginning? I don't remember how this even started, but it's such bullshit. These pancakes. Ugh. It started from a New Day lumberjack match. So lumberjacks like pancakes, apparently. So that's why it started. <laughs> okay. All right. Terrible. All right, and the newest entry to the book, Lacey's. Evans Wedgie! You know, I kept wondering what that, why I kept feeling really weird and comfortable looking at that. Yeah, it's got to stay. Now, didn't you... Yeah. You had something to add right, in today, Lacey. didn't you? Yeah, we added the Lacey Evans Wedgie. Oh, sorry. Wasn't it in there two weeks ago? Like, it's already it been was. there. It you was. It was a Veggie Wedgie, wedgie which is... Oh, which is what? Yeah, well, which is a front Wedgie. <gasps> oh, okay. You know what? That was one of the things I didn't understand. Sorry. Front Wedgie. Got it. I'm not kidding. Sorry. Yep. All right. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the book. We're going to close down the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been amazing. My, myself with TJ Logan, um, Tony, Mimi, Miguel Cole, Elio Canella. You weren't missed. You weren't missed at all. Viva no, good I had a time, Rick. <laughs> I had a really good time talking with you. I mean, I you have some great – you actually give me some insight too. You, you helped me look at things a, a little bit differently, too, and I enjoy that about a co-host. It's one of the things I enjoy about Elio is uh, it's good to talk wrestling, and it's good that it's okay you don't agree on certain things. It's okay if you don't have the same opinions, but when somebody could talk to you and makes you think about something maybe a differently and look at something another way, that's a good person to talk to. Thanks, Rick. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we're all about on Wrestling POV because it's all about your point of view, and if you don't agree with me, go to hell! Everybody else, it's okay. <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what we love you guys for Wrestling POV. It's all about your point of view. If you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, thank you for listening. Um, again, if you we want to hear more from you guys, make sure you comment on our Wrestling POV Facebook page at Wrestling POV, on Twitter at Wrestling POV, and on Instagram at Wrestling POV1. If you got questions for us at Wrestling POV or the Wrestling POV Global Guys, Make sure you comment and leave us some questions. Anything you got will respond very quickly. All right. That being said, I am your host, the Mr. First Ever, the third wheel, Rick Serrano the third, along with the legend himself, TJ Logan. All right. With that being said, peace out. <laughs>